You're listening to After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production. Hello and welcome to another edition of After the Jack. I'm Tyler Ma, your host here at the Shepparton News. Uh, my uh, eyes are furtively uh, around the room because there's been a couple of snake sightings uh, in our uh, studio the last few weeks, uh, and I've only just told our, uh, our usual podcast host that now live on air, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, Ash, welcome to the show. Uh, make sure you keep your feet up. Yeah, look, I wasn't sure whether they were actual snakes, Tyler, or whether you were using it as a metaphor for Brian and I, a couple of snakes in the studio, but... Um, Good to be back on board. Bit bittersweet because we're getting to the business end of the season, which means we don't have many shows left, but it also means we've got plenty of exciting uh, finals to talk about, particularly midweek coming into grand finals after preliminary final day today and preliminary finals coming up for Saturday pennant. So it's a lot, lot on the agenda. It certainly is. And uh, Brian Nisbet uh, back in the studio again. Brian, how's it going? Yes, uh, I can't say I enjoyed bowls today, but it was a good game and... Marupna were too good. We finish on top in Division 3. That's Eshep 1, but we lost by 3 last week, which uh, pretty it's going to be telling in the overall thing. Uh, a game we probably should have won. Today, Marupna came back from a deficit at Smoko. They were 11 shots down, and uh, it went to the wire. They got up, got two shots in the last end. We were one up against Kevin Cox's rink and one by one shot. 74 to 73. But, as I say, bowls is bowl. Um, that's the way it goes. You've got to be a good loser, and uh, I think Marupna will um, take some stopping now. Well, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, ta- we'll get straight into the midweek preliminary final reviews, uh, Brian. We'll get to Division 3 in a second. We'll start with Division 5. Most of the results today um, sort of went according to ladder position. So um, looking at the preliminary final result from Division 5, Colburn Abbott, they only just snuck over the line against Violet Town, 49 shots to 47. Looking at the rink scores, John Brown was the hero for Colburn Abbott. His rink winning 27-20 over Peter Norton, which is a good result. Uh, Violet Town's David Underwood won 27-22 against Glenn Young, but wasn't quite enough, meaning the grand final will be Dookie versus Colburn Abbott, the top two sides meeting next week. Says this one is at Tatura Bowls Club, Tyler. Is that right or not? No, not correct. The um, the midweek grand final draws that I've just uh, received about half an hour ago in my inbox uh, say that all midweek grand finals next week are at Shepparton Park. Yes, and um, oh, that'll be that'll be a big day over at Shepparton Park next Tuesday looking at Division 4 South. Today's preliminary final, Alexandra. 72 shots to 69, another tight one against Seymour. Just snuck over the line. Uh, Rob Benghami, how is that what you say? Benghami. Benghami, 28-14 over Diane Staples was a crucial in the overall result. Dennis Klein kept Seymour in it, 31-19 over Ken Argent. Um, but Raymond Holt for 25-24 over Donna Sims meaning Alexandra got over the line in the preliminary final um, to advance to the grand final against Seymour VRI. Uh, Seymour VRI, top side all year, only one loss for the season. Alexandra finished um, three games ahead in second, so probably fitting, Brian, that those two will meet in the grand final. Yeah, absolutely. But Bob Bagami, I don't think he's lost a match in midweek or uh, Saturday pennant this season. So, fantastic effort. Look, Looking at the head at the... Um, 
oh, we'll, we'll probably preview most of these games, but Seymour VRI won by 21 shots in the qualifying final um, about a week or so ago. So um, Alexandra will have their work cut out trying to reverse that result this upcoming Tuesday. Looking ahead at Division 4 North, uh, preliminary final result from today. Namurka rebounded after their shock loss in the qualifying final. Uh, clean sweep over Murchison, 85 shots to 53. So they get into the big dance. Alan Rogers, 28-20 over Margaret Tweddle. Joyce Andrews, 27-17 over Marlene Lockyer. And Vivian Morris, 30-16 over Barbara Patterson. Pretty much ex- uh, expected, probably, Brian, that result. Although, great finals run by Murchison after they um, swept Shepparton Park in the elimination final the week before. Yeah, Murch have had a good season, only a little club, but um, they're always competitive. Only got a side in, one side in midweek, one in the uh, weekend pennant, but no, they've had a good season. And look, uh, Namurka advancing to the grand final for another crack at Shep Golf. Shep Golf landed the upset in the qualifying final, 65 shots to 53. Um, so though Namurka will be looking to exact revenge and claim Premiership glory in Division 4 North. Moving ahead to uh, Division 3. This is where the results uh, went a little bit pear-shaped, obviously, as Brian alluded to. Uh, Marupna, one-shot winner over East Shepparton, one in an upset, only won one rink. So looking at that rink, Lynn Thatcher, 26-17 over Alan Houston. That was the decisive result. Um, Kevin Cox, 31-26 over Margaret Florence, but Brian, you said, had a big lead. Well, she was down 3-20 at one stage. Yeah, so 17 shots cut back to five, crucial in the overall result. Brian, your rink, Terry Rowe, 25-22 over Bernadette Nichols, but um, after finishing the season on top of the ladder, um, bowing out in straight sets, obviously not what you wanted. No, and I'd like to uh, give credit to, I thought um, David Bates, their leader, was probably the best player for Marupna in our rink. Uh, always give credit to my opponent. And he sat about five on the kitty in the second half. And, I mean, that's good bowling in any division. Yeah, exactly right. And, look, um, hats off to Marupna. D- division three, look, looking at the ladder, they snuck into the finals in fourth by five shots. So they finished equal on points with Shepparton and Park 112 premiership points. Marupna had a shot difference of minus three. Shepparton Park had a shot difference of minus eight. So they've ridden that, mo- or, you know, just sneaking into the finals in fourth. They've ridden the momentum, beaten a Gambian in an elimination final, upset the top side, East Shepparton, won in the prelim final, and now they earn a crack at Kai in the grand final, Brian. Look, they've got the momentum, and I believe they'll go on and win it. You think they can cause the upset? Kybram's uh, division uh, division three side, you know, pretty pretty good, obviously, against your guys in the qualifying. Yeah, but I, I think uh, we bowl better today and Marupna still beat us, so... Yep. All right, well, that'll be an interesting one. Look, um, Kybram's side, Daryl Gade skipping a rink there who's got some div- Division One experience in midweek pennant. Um, Nardo DePet is pretty handy as well, John Fanning. So Marupner will have their work cut out, but certainly riding that wave of momentum. And sometimes, Brian, as we see in finals, playing every week can be more beneficial than having a week off. It can be. Not in our case, but it can be. <laughs> Division two, uh, looking at the preliminary final result from today, Kyabram uh, bounced back after losing the qualifying final comprehensively against Yaroa. 
defeated Shepherd and Golf 69-61. They won two of the three rinks on offer. Graham Woodcock 24-17 against Trevor Dunlop. Um, and Peter O'Brien 27-20 over Frank Ivac. John Tucker kept Shep Golf in at 24-18 over Jill Barrett, but uh, the grand final will be a replay of the qualifying final with the top two sides, Yaroa and Kai Abram, going at it. Brian, who do you like? Um, I'll, I'll stand with um, Yaroa. They've got their – they earned their uh, shot at the title, and I think they can win it. They've got some good bowlers there, uh, Libby Byrne, Tony Kingma. Just to name a couple, and I think they can get the job done. Yeah, look, and there wasn't really much in it uh, in the Division Two competition as a whole. Kybram finished on top with nine wins. Ural was second with eight wins. Seymour was third, also with eight wins, only two points behind Yaroa. And then you had Shepparton Gulf, Shepparton Park, and Tad Hilltop on seven wins. So, you know, this competition's been nice and tight all the way through, and it wouldn't have surprised any grand final combination or matchup, really, given how tight the season's been, Brian. No, that's right. It's a, it's been a, a very even competition, as you say, and it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been a surprise to see any of the four sides uh, take it out. And moving ahead to Division One, uh, looking at today's preliminary final result, Seymour was up in this game against Shepherd and Golf for quite a way, um, looking to cause an upset and bounce out the the. Um, the top side in straight sets, but Shepherd and Golf kicked when it mattered most and managed to earn their book, uh, book their ticket into the grand final. 75 shots to 69. They won two of the three rinks. Robbie Betson, 34-25 over Robert Brown and Graham Waddell, uh, 23-19 against Max Hammond with Graham Myers leading for Graham Waddell. So we talked a little bit about that move last week, Brian. Uh, Myers had been skipping, going back to lead, obviously paid dividends for them today. Yeah, it certainly must have. I think they were down at Smoko, though, uh, that rink. So they've, they've come back well, Graham Waddell's rink. And uh, full credit to Shep Golf. They're, once they get uh, close, they're pretty hard to... Uh, to put away. Yeah, look, and um, I, I guess, you know, they, they back the ability of themselves in and they've got that never-say-die attitude, you know, sort of 10 or 15 shots is never enough against Shep Golf. And, look, Seymour took it right down to the wire. Ian Eichfuss, um grabbed one rink for Seymour, 25-18 over Chris Wright. But the grand final will be a replay of the qualifying final. The top two sides again in this competition, Tatura Hilltop meeting Shepherd and Golf. Brian, can Golf turn the tables on their qualifying final result? Well, they can, but uh, I'm going to tip Tatura Hilltop. Yeah, look, it'll be a monumental turnaround given that um, Hilltop won the qualifying final 90 shots to 55. So they've got to go 36 shots better at a minimum. Uh, to grab the premiership. And look, um, we've talked a little bit about this, Tyler. Tatura Hilltop seemed to have peaked at the right time. Um, Before Christmas, their sides, their combinations were changing a little bit. They seem to have settled down a lot more. Um, You know, they've got David and Olivia Cartwright playing in the same ring, Skip and third. Rod Medill's going really well, skipping the other Tatura Hilltop rink. Trevor Downey's come in and skipped, and the likes of Jeanette Overall, Dot Best, Noel Mulcahy, um, they seem to have got that mix right in the second half. Yeah, and, and like you said, at the right time of the year too, and um, that big touch-up last week would have given them plenty of confidence uh, ahead of next week. And, I mean, uh, Shepparton Park won't hold any... 
um, any issues for either side. So it'll be a nice clean slate having a, having a crack at each other. But yeah, I, I think the Bulldogs have uh, have got this one. Um, you know, in in their keeping, uh, I think most of the club will be. Fo- it might be their last side remaining in finals uh, across midweek and, and weekend as well. Uh, I will extend to be corrected on that uh, if we get to the weekend and there's some left. But uh, <laughs> the yeah, the, they'll have plenty of support there. And look, as um, let's not underestimate the importance of this Division One Grand Final for Tatura Hilltop. Like it was quite a um, a big talking point and a big move. The merger of the two clubs, um, sort of this is the end of the second season of it now. Um, so to get some Division One silverware would be a massive boost, I think, just for the uh, for the overall um, narrative, I guess, of, of the merged club. Obviously, um, Lee Farrell was coaching them in their first season. They lost a lot of players in the off-season, which impacted their depth. But if they were to win this Division One midweek crown, I think it would show that um, the players that have remained um, has still made the club really competitive and, you know, can be a premiership outfit. Yeah, and last year it was about, um, obviously, the merger itself, but almost all of their, their sides made finals in, in some sort of capacity across midweek and weekend. And um, after the, the sort of bit of upheaval in between seasons, um, you know, a, even ahead of it, the, the goal this year was to get, get that premiership over the line, whatever division it was in. So um, they'll be uh, very keen to, to notch it on Tuesday. Brian, uh, who, uh, you're, you're tipping to Tura Hilltop. Um, where do you think Shepherd and Golf can potentially turn the result around from the qualifying final? Because it's they wouldn't have copped a 35-shot hiding probably in the last six or eight seasons in midweek Division 1. I think they might have to do something with uh, Christine Wright's rink because she's suffered a couple of substantial losses in the last couple of games and they may have to um, play around with that, shift uh, one of the guys over, one of the thirds over to give her a bit of assistance. And uh, I think that's a rink they've got to they'd be concerned about, who, particularly against Hilltop seem to have a bit more depth. Who, who would their options be, though? So looking at their rinks today, they had Paul Ledger, Les Norton, Ian McCartan, Robbie Betson. They won by nine shots, so you probably wouldn't touch that rink. And then, uh, you, then you had Graham Myers, Jenny Waddell, John Foley and Graham Waddell. Do you shift Myers over and... And put, push someone back over into leading, perhaps. He's a, he's a big game player with a lot of premiership experience, and yeah. I think he probably stands out as the one that could go across. Yeah, well, I think Graham Myers go over and play third for Chris, or even skip her rink, and she could play third. Yeah, because um, that Jock Hasty, Lynn Hawkless, Joe Crow, and Chris Wright today. I mean, all good bowlers in their own right, but um, as you mentioned, sort of the results the last couple of weeks haven't gone as planned. Um, and, and you do sort of, um, you want stability across the three rinks. You don't sort of want to be worrying that one of the rinks, you know, has gone down by 10 or however many it may be the last couple of weeks. And you're trying to, or, or at the start of the game, you're thinking, oh, how much have we got to cover this rink by? It is a mindset thing, isn't it, Brian, if you've had a rink that's sort of lost heavy the last couple of finals? Yes, I think you've got the other teams looking, instead of concentrating on their own rink, they're inclined to look over and just see how that other rink's going. And the main concern when you're playing in finals or in any game of bowls is you concentrate on winning your own rink before anything else. Exactly right. Um, so those those are the midweek preliminary final reviews. We've touched on the grand final matchups for uh, this coming Tuesday at Shepparton Park. Promises to be a great day of midweek 
Division um, Grand Finals. Good luck to all the clubs involved. Good to see a variety of different clubs involved throughout the grades too, Tyler. So um, no doubt the paper on Wednesday will have uh, lots of different clubs and faces and players represented in the premiership photos. It certainly will. It's uh, obviously handy for us being at Shepparton Park as well. Uh, I know in the past we've... uh yeah, sent one Juno out to Euroa and one out to... Well, actually, I was at Euroa last year. Um, Tatura. Tatura and all over the shop. But um, no, everyone at the one venue is... Uh, I'm very thankful for that. Hope, hopefully it's a sign of things to come potentially on the Saturday uh, with the um, weekend pennant with the grades from two down to six. They might look at... Um, lumping a few of them together at the same venue and it creates that atmosphere as well you know when you've got five grades worth of bowlers there playing next Tuesday is going to be buzzing I reckon down at Shep Park just to have the atmosphere of grand finals doesn't matter what grade it is and um, the excitement and the drama it promises to be a great day next week Brian. It certainly will be I think it's a great move Uh, even if um, a couple of teams have got to play on the carpet uh, there's nothing wrong with the carpet down there. I, I quite enjoy playing on it. The grass greens today were good. I, I couldn't fault the complex personally. Um, the, you're always going to get complaints, particularly from the losing side. <laughs> yeah, you know. But uh, I got no complaints about the green. Was good. I got no complaints about the indoor carpet. I think we're very fortunate to have a facility like Park and even East Shepparton. Yep, exactly right. We'll get into weekend review, Brian, the first week of finals for Saturday Pennant. Some great results. Yes, in Division 6 South, the elimination final, Eildon 2, he finished fourth. Upset, yay, 63-61 by two shots. Due to a big rink win by Eildon's twos, Jason Allen's rink over Roland Branch's yay rink by 14 shots. Uh, they won only one rink to two in the qualifying final, but Eildon uh, 2 have moved on and, of course, Yay are out. In the qualifying final, Eildon 1 made it a big day for the Eildon club when they defeated the favourites. Alex won by five shots, 76-71, two rinks to one. Steve Hall's rink won by 13 for Eildon 1 and Bob Bagami remained unbeaten, winning by 11 for Alex won. Do you think the two Eildon sides can um, face off against each other in the grand final? I think the Eildon two will have their work cut out against Alexandra on the rebound this week. Alex won, you mean? Alex won, sorry. Yeah, I think Alex won will be too good for Eildon two. Yep. But um, who knows? Do Alex one's been the top side. You can be the top side and go out in straight sets. It's it happens all the time. Th- that final will be played at Euroa this upcoming Saturday. I'm going for Alexandra 1. Brian, yourself? Alexandra 1. Yep. Yeah, Alex 1 for me. They uh, accrued 176 premiership points throughout the year to Eildon 2's 96. And obviously that doesn't mean much now, but it shows you the difference between the two sides. Yeah, Bob Bagami. Bob Bagami's the key. If you can get within a couple of shots of Bob, well, you'd, you'd uh, defeat them, I reckon. Yep. Division 6 North, Brian. Yeah, in the elimination final, Dookie defeated Park 87-76 to 76 by five shots. Winning on one rink only, Dookie's Dan Oster by a huge 21 shots over Park's Rene Britz's rink. So that, that was a deciding uh, factor. Yeah. So... Park have said goodbye to the finals. Yeah, look, um, they did well to make the four, really. It's obviously hard in the 
in the lower grades, there's a lot of unavailabilities and sides changing each week, but um, they did a good job to sneak into the four. Unfortunately, couldn't get over the line uh, with that one rink going down pretty heavily, but uh, there's some good bowlers there who are just sort of learning the caper. Um, you know, Renee Brits is quite a new bowler, Chris Meek, uh, John Wright, Steve Pinnick. There are, there are lots of good bowlers there who hopefully are going to um, improve and be the future of our club. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's some um, a lot of new bowlers that park in the lower division, so once they get to know each other and gel together, they'll be uh, an improved combination for sure. Qualifying final. Yeah, well, we had uh, Colburn Abbin, um, uh, Kai Abram rather, defeated Colburn Abbin. Uh, I thought this was a bit of an upset. I I picked uh, Colbo. Yes, yes. Br- Brad McIntosh. 33-17 over Raymond Rafjens, over whoever. I've got Raymond Rafjens, Kai, yeah, leading rink, yep. And uh, so so they won by 20-odd shots in the end, Kybram, and they go straight into the grand final. Colburn Abbin uh, has to go the hard way through the preliminary final at Tatura this yep. Saturday against Dookie, Brian. Can they bounce back? No, I'm going to select Dookie. Bart Oster again? Well, I think it could be... Um, could be anyone over the Dookie. I've got uh, who have I got a Dookie? Did uh, Mick Villani and Ray Sinclair? Yep, are in that rink, and I think he's got a good, he's got a very good side. And Timmy Herman playing third. Yeah, I reckon Dan Oster's a key man again. His rink. So we're tipping. You're tipping the upset. I'm going to go with Colbo to bounce back. Tyler. Yeah, Colbo for mine. Best side all year. No Dookie. Dookie Div five. Brian. Division 5 in the elimination final last year's Premier's Marupna Golf. Frash D. Shepparton by 36 shots, 110 to 74, winning on all four rinks. Brenda Broughton, Marupna Golf. Her rink smashed D. Sarah Cook by 23 shots to set up their win in the qualifying final. Um, Tally also, uh, sorry, to set, um, they go into the quali- into the uh, prelim. prelim final. Typographical error there. Um, Tally Grupner also won in a whitewash against Merch, 113 to 58, by a massive 55 shots, led by Ron Ronnie Jones's rink 36-10 winners over Wayne Browns from Murchison. Barry Rutherford also had a 31-14 win. And that makes the preliminary final matchup this Saturday at Tatura Bowls Club. Murchison looking to bounce back against Marupna Golf. I think Marupna Golf will take too much momentum into this game and I think they'll bounce out um, Merch in straight sets. Yeah, well, Marupna Golf last year's premiers. I can't see Merch coming back. They'll be shell-shocked after that uh, performance. A comp for Marupna Golf will prevail with Team Wake and Shaw to the fore. Well, Bill Saunders' rink's performance will be crucial to uh, Murchison's hopes, faint hopes of uh, winning the game. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, well, I reckon uh, Merch can bounce back, uh, led by my uh, old club mate Tony Martin. Uh, played together at Bacchus Marsh for a bit, and uh, he's been having a, a nice uh, season out there at Merch. Uh, didn't catch him when I was out there playing cricket on the weekend because he was uh, obviously playing bowls. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think uh, the grasshoppers can uh, bounce back. Is there any? Um is there any truth in the rumour that you're going out to play for Merch next year with Tony Martin? 
minimal truth that uh, I'll be anywhere near a bowls green next year, Brian. I'm uh, still got a couple of years of cricket left in me. No, well, I'm going for Merit and a golf. I reckon, um, but it'll be no doubt. Merit, Merit, you got to lift. I mean, yeah, yeah. Look, it's. Um, I'd rather be going into the game off a f- sort of forty odd shot win than a forty shot loss. So Marupna golf for me, Brian. Yeah, but I'll have to go Marupna golf. Division four in the elimination final, Seymour in a tight contest by four shots, ninety four to ninety. Uh, who they play? I haven't. Kai Abram, bit, bit of an upset. Seymour oh, snuck Brian. into the finals on. How can I leave that? I typed all this too. <laughs> Seymour won only one ring. Jan Wesselman's. Over Kai's experience, Skip Ray Harrison, um, which has ended Kai's season. Big, big result for that, that for Seymour, particularly, um, you know, Ray Harrison, very experienced skipper at Kai for a number of years. And Jan Wesselman obviously had a bit of a day out, 25-16, to extend Seymour's season. Brian, they will play who in the preliminary final? In the qualifying final, VR Ray demolished Ngambia by 34 shots. 109 to 75, and I picked Nagambi, so winning on all four rinks. VRI's Joe Purcell's rink, the best by 14 over Nagambi's Rob Smith, who had Angel Manikin playing third for him. So VRI, VRI's definitely um, the team got play. one hand on the flag already after that effort. So Nagambi will have to regroup this week in the preliminary final against Seymour at Yaroa. Brian, are you backing one of your former mobs in? Now I'm going to pick Seymour to win. I think it's uh, long-term really important for Seymour to at least make this grand final because obviously we've seen what their Div 3 side's been able to do this year and uh, probably on a, a fast track to being promoted to Division 2. You, you want to try and keep that second side as close as possible. Yep, um, great if, point. If, if you can. So, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously it'll be tough to beat VRI if they make the grand final against them, but um, you've got to give yourself a chance. And look, um, obviously, Nagambi, um, this is their highest side, I believe, Brian, in weekend pennant, Division 4. So, you know, um, I'm not sure, obviously, everyone wants to win the premiership now you're in the finals, and they did well enough to finish second on the ladder. Um, but in terms of, you know, if they were to earn promotion um, to Division 3, um, they probably might not be as competitive as a Seymour or a, a, a VRI in that competition, you wouldn't think? No, they need three or four more players. If they step up to Division Three, for sure. Um, um, yeah, I've just got here too that uh, it's difficult to see Gamby performing as poorly again. They would have played on East Carpet last week, which is similar to their own. Yep. Because they are outside, as far as I know. I don't think they shifted them inside. Seymour won only one rink, as I said, and um, had a draw. And yeah, one rink against uh, Kai and Robert Page, Dev Fozagil. Rob Smith and Angel Mannequin, I believe, will bounce back. But um, I don't – I think Seymour's on a bit of a – they'll be they'll – be, uh, they'll have the confidence in that they can go on and – Playoff against their near neighbour. Yeah, look, I'm 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 with you as well. Seymour to set up a Seymour Seymour VRI grand final, and we'll see what happens when those two VRI looks the team to beat for me though. Yeah, for sure. Division three, Brian. Yes, Tally won the right to the preliminary final with a twenty shot victory over Shepherd and Golf, hundred and one to eighty one to eliminate the golfers um, from the finals. They won three ranks to one. For, um, Tally's Peter Emanuele by 14 shots. 
over Shep Golf's Chris Wright, the decisive rink win. And in the qualifying final, Seymour defeated Park by a reduced margin to last week's uh, last round clash. Only 10 shots in it. They're getting closer each time they played them, 100 to 90. And look, um, Park led this overall for quite a fair way of the um, of the match and only, Seymour only just reeled him in late. So I think golf um, Park sorry, will take a lot of confidence out of that result if they can earn another crack at them in the big one. Yeah, for sure. But Park only won on one rink. Uh, Murray Phillips rink by 18 over Seymour's Ian Ike for the highlight of the game. Yeah, look, and um, that was a big result considering um, I'm pretty sure Murray went down heavy uh, in the last regular season round and to to win by 18 shots against Ian Eichfuss, if you'd given them that at the start of the day, they would have said, oh, geez, I reckon we could cause the upset here. But uh, Seymour, just too many guns across their four rinks. Robert Brown, 136-16 against Rock and Ronnie Holland. Um, Max Hammond, 28-23 over Doug Freeman. And Graham Flint, 24-21 over Wes Gibbs, which is a huge result because Wes Gibbs has been their standout skip in Division 3. So, you know, um, they, they drop one rink, but the other three always back them up at Seymour, and that's why they've been the benchmark side all year. Certainly, yeah. You're spot on there. Um, so looking ahead to the preliminary final, it'll be played out at Shepparton and Golf this Saturday. Shepparton and Park looking to rebound. Uh, second place, Shepparton and Park playing Tally Garupna. Brian, who who do you like? I think I'm going for Tally. Uh, as I said, Park only won one rink last week. They'll need Ronnie Holland at least to win his rink. He's been in good form. Um, and they'll need the other rinks to rally to succeed against a confident Tally outfit led by Tommy Goodwin, Pundi Rendina and Peter Emanuele. Yeah, look, it's um, I'm not sure whether Park will make any combination changes. I'd... Um, I'd probably sort of – they've gone with who they've had for most of the year, which has probably been a reason why they've um, finished second. They've been pretty consistent. Um, whether they can swing any changes, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Glenn Edwards step up to third for Ron Holland um, and put Peter Fraser maybe back down to second. They play a lot of pairs together at Shep Park on Thursdays, Ron Holland and Glenn Edwards, and they get on really well. So that might be something that can boost that rink a little bit. Um, you know, they've got a lot of experienced players in there. Bev Kale, um, you know, Murray Phillips, as we've talked about, Ray Phillips. Um, so, you know, they do have enough there to, to sort of take it up to Seymour if they earn another chance. They've obviously got Tally this week to worry about. Um, I, I'm backing him in to get the job done out of Chip Golf on Saturday. I um I think it's going to be a ripping game, um, and I think it'll be very different to last time they played, which was in round nine when... Um, Park won on all rinks by about 30 shots. Uh, there was a couple out in Tally's topside that day, so um, you, you probably can't take too much out of that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a close one, and I just think Tally's probably just got that little bit of competitive edge, um, mm. especially like we like we touched on, that the fact that they really, really need to get up into that Div 2 to be um, you know, pushing their Div 1 side um, as much as they can in the next two or three years. Um, so I, I think um, I think Tally's probably got a little bit more to play for there. And look, uh, don't, uh, another big factor as well is the fact that this game's out at Shep Golf. Their Division 1 side will be there as well. So there'll be a fairly strong Tally contingent and atmosphere um, at Shepparton Golf on Saturday, whereas Shep Park 
is the only side from their club there. So, um, you know, the tally tidal wave, um, you know, they had three sides at Shepparton Park on Saturday. And, um, you know, the fives got straight into the grand final, which was fantastic. But they're quite a tight-knit unit out there at tally. And when they are together, they, um, you know, they do sort of uh, tend to create that, that, that vibe and that culture, and that might be important for the Division 3. It means a lot, Brian, I think, um, having sort of the, the top grade there and sort of urging you on a little bit and just sort of checking in to see how you're going throughout their afternoon as well. Yeah, and you imagine most of the fires will be out there. Exactly right. So yeah, um, it'll be a big... They'll have more supporters than anyone else out there, that's for sure. So um, I'm I'm confident Shep Park can get the job done, but um, certainly won't be easy against the tally side that'll be uh, f- up for the fight for sure. Division 2, Brian. Yeah, uh, Shep Park finished this season with a one-shot victory, 91 to 90. Uh, two rinks each. Heath Matthews rink by 12, the best for Park. Kevin Cox's rink's fine season ended. With a nine-shot win over Gavin Flanagan's rink. Yeah, look, um, I was out at this game for the first half, and to be honest, um, East Shepherd and looked the goods. They were sixteen shots up at the at the Smoko break, uh, and Shep Park was only ahead on one rink, which was Heath Matthews rink. I think they led thirteen-two, and by Smoko, it was they were only three shots ahead, thirteen-ten, and uh, Kevin Cox was well ahead against Gavin Flanagan by about ten shots. And he even pushed that lead out further after the break. And then all of a sudden, uh, Flanagan's rink got two consecutive fours. And the momentum started to turn probably from about 85 ends onwards. And it got really tight the last two ends um, overall. So Heath Matthews played the 99th end uh, against Mick McLean. East was up by two shots overall on the boards. Um, And... Heath Matthews rink picked up a five on that 99th end, meaning they went into the 100th end three shots up uh, with Gunther McInnes and Calvin Rogash to play the 100th end. Uh, so the, the jack sort of got moved out towards the boundary peg, which made it obviously harder to draw because you had to get get, in, get inside the peg. Um, and East Shepard and held two shots. Gunther drew a second shot with his first and had the last bowl to draw three, which would have forced a tie. Um, and he went to sort of um, promote one of their shorter bowls into the count, and he, and he got the bowl, but he didn't quite move it far enough. They measured for the third shot, but unfortunately for Reese, they didn't get it. So after having a lead for pretty much most of the afternoon, fall one shot short, and look, that was the first time that Shepparton and Park had beaten East Shep in the Division Two season, and um, Park probably felt, I think, that they blew leads in those first two games during the regular season and East run over the top of them. Um, the roles were reversed a little bit in this final, and Park advances, and East uh, wonders what could have been. Yeah, um, another one-shot loss. It's becoming a bit monotonous out at... Um, we are, they either draw or they lose by one. Yeah, look, I, but I think there's a lot to work with from East Shepparton's point of view. Obviously, they made the finals. Their Division One side was around the mix, but didn't quite make it. But certainly, you know, the likes of Kevin Cox, as you mentioned, had a really good season. Gunther McInnes returned to the club this year, started in Division One, and... Um, and then had some health issues and ended up skipping in Division 2. So he's certainly um, got the potential to play in Division 1 next year. They've got the likes of Doug McConaughey and Lynn Barber and Dennis Phillips. So there are some really good players in their Division 2 side that, w- you know, would have aspirations of playing Division 1. And, um, yeah, it wasn't to be for them. But um, Shep Park did a really good job to fight back, really, from where they were from, to be honest. 
Um, they didn't look like it in the first half, but they just sort of kept chipping away. And particularly Gavin Flanagan's rink, like um, they were they were about 10 shots down, even further down, and probably looking like, you know, that was going to be the decisive rink. Um, but those two consecutive fours showed that, you know, they were up for the fight and, and played a big part in the overall result in the end. Yeah, it certainly did. All right, Brian, stop bearing the lead. Let's uh, get to it. In the qualifying final, Maritma upset favourite Shep Golf by nine shots, 96 to 87, two rinks each. Scott Donaldson's rink by 11 over Graham Myers' rink, the key result. This has been coming, I think. I, how many, did we all tip Maritma on last week? Oh, I certainly, I did. certainly I did. did. Yeah, okay. Um, look, I think we did. Yeah, look, I think um, Marutma's resurgence in the second half of the season, um, you know, it's been coming, the addition of Brett Gunning, and um, conversely, Shepherd and Golf's form, you know, I think they were unbeaten at the Christmas break, and it's slowly petered off in the second half of the season. Um Look, I don't know what they can do with their combinations. We'll talk more about the preliminary final in a second. But um, Marupna straight through. And um, Hal Ben, I think, on winning that premiership and getting back up into Division 1, Brian. And they've given themselves every chance. They certainly have. Uh, I think they can take it out. I said that, um, on the, I think, last week that uh, they're my tip for the flag and um, promotion to Division 1. And, and look, um, you know, I know Brett Gunning's only one player. Do we think he's made that much of a difference? I mean, he didn't um, win his rink a hell of a lot in the first, in the, in the home and away season. I think he played four games and won one out of four. Has he made much that much of a difference, Tyler? I think um, I enjoyed my metaphor on it last week that uh, adding gunning is like adding the, the rudder to the boat. That yes. He's just steering them in the right direction and it doesn't have to particularly be by performance. It's um, it's just the professionalism and, um, you know, the, the experience in situations like this, a, a big final, um, the, the ability for the other players just to look to him and go, you know, all right, well, you know, Brett, Brett knows what's going on. We're, we're right. We, we've, we've got this sorted. Yeah. Um, and obviously it helps that he's sort of knocked off Roy Brown by nine shots in a, in a big important game as well. And I think sort of where a good skipper in, in a Division Two side can really help is it can really shore up your back end. So looking at their skips and thirds, they've now Scotty Donaldson and Bruce Robson, uh, Bruce Anselmi and um, Alan Donaldson Sr., uh, then you've got Brett Gunning and Jeff Anselmi playing third, whereas in the past Jeff Anselmi would maybe play third to his brother Bruce or even skip himself. And then you've got Darren Kelly and Max McKee. So they've sort of got eight bowlers in their skip and third position now, whereas they probably only had maybe six, and that can sort of leave a rink vulnerable. Um, so that's the addition of one player who you can just plug in as a skip, and it creates that depth across the back ends of the other other three rinks. Yeah, because from memory, um, you know, Corey Turvey was played two on the weekend to Brett Gunning was playing three for most of the year and last season. And yep. uh, I think Josh Grieve as well would have played three a few times. And yep. uh, same with Rob Crotty. And you, you push those back to second and that, that really just strengthens uh, the whole side. And I think that I think a player who's been a more significant, had more impact than even Brett Gunning, has been Bruce Robson's return. He skipped there. He played, he played one game and he played well and as a third. And then... He skipped in an absence of one of their skippers and he won and then he's been playing third for Gunning, hasn't he? Third for Gunning? Yes. Uh, no. Donaldson. 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 Yep. Scott Donaldson. And uh, uh, since he's been playing third for Scott Donaldson, 
I think he's won every game. How important is it, Tyler, for a club like Maroopna to win a Division Two flag and earn promotion up into Division One? Because you know they have been a Division One fixture for many years, but prior to this stint of being in Division Two, you, you've seen it um, with a, with a fresh side like Tally coming up um, when they when they haven't had that Division One experience before. Just exactly what it's created for the club, and um, it, it, you know someone like a club like Maroopna who's been there and done it in the past, but uh, you know has, has struggled to to reach those heights recently, I think it's even more important because it, you know, it, it arrests that decline or that perceived decline and um, turns you around in the right direction um, for not only you know, the, the current crop and attempting to win a premiership, but um, you know, attempting to uh, then attract players to, to play well in Division 1. I think that's the key thing. I think they were after a coach um, sort of the off-season just gone and obviously... Um, weren't able to appoint someone or attract someone. But um, if you do win the Division 2 flag and go up to Division 1, I think it, it becomes a much better selling point for a potential coach and players. And I wouldn't be surprised if there are a couple of players on the radar if they do happen to earn promotion back into Division 1. So it's certainly um, high stakes for them in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, I agree. It, uh, I can see the club really moving ahead if they win uh, the Division 2 Premiership and get promoted to Division 1. All right, let's look to the preliminary final at Stanhope. The only game at Stanhope uh, this weekend. Bit of a head-scratcher for me, given that Stanhope's not... I mean, great greens out there, by all means, but for a Shep Golf, Shep Park blockbuster, I'm sure they could have potentially found a closer venue to Shep and to really maximise the blockbuster value of this yeah. one for mine. You yeah, would I, assume so, um, but also it's it's um, there's no better way for Shepparton Park's 16 to audition for potential Division 1 spots next year than in a big prelim against uh, Shep Golf, who's been the best side all year, and... Um, you know, out at Stanhope, that there might not be much of a uh, a crowd make the trip. Yeah, exactly. And look, it's um, I hope there there are plenty of people out there watching. No doubt, I think Shep Golf will probably take a fair contingent, um, given that their ones aren't playing. Um, so hopefully, Shep Park can get plenty of supporters out there to try and match the voice because um, you know, it's going to be a big game for both clubs. There are they are arch rivals. I think Park can cause the upset here, Brian. I think golf's going the wrong way. Um. Park has sort of, um, they've had some disappointing losses throughout the home and away season, but they just knuckled down at the right time to earn their chance. They got lucky, a little bit lucky last week, but that's finals. You make your own luck sometimes, and I think they can carry that momentum. They beat Chep Golf handily at home probably about three or four weeks ago. So I, I think, um, you know, it's an upset's on the cards. Yeah, look, I, I'm um, going to agree with you, Ash. Uh, they upset him a few weeks ago. And I believe golf's got a few players that can't play on Saturday. Well, we we did discuss this um, sort of obviously with Division One not playing. Um, there are a few players who have played Division Two games for Shep Golf throughout the year, but the qualification, my understanding, is you have to have played four in that lower grade. Brian, is that that's, right? That's correct. So Jeff Cobbledick would be eligible to play for Shep Golf this weekend. Um, He's played 10, ga- 10 Division Two games. Graham Waddell, who played for Shep Golf in Division Two last week, I make it he's only played three games. Right. So so I don't know whether he would be able... Because he played most of the year in Division One. So I don't know whether he'd be able to play for them this weekend. Is that right? 
Yeah, well, it's, if he's only played three games, he hasn't qualified. Reese Newby played for Division 1 on the weekend. He's only played two Division 2 games. Ash King's only played two Division 2 games, so they can't drop back. And Gert Foley, who missed, uh, was a laid out for Division 1. He played one Division 2 game. So, um, you know, golf, golf will pr- pretty much have to go with what they've got, I think, um, apart from Jeff Cobbledick, who will be able to go back down from Division 1 and try and help them out. Yeah, and I think Park of Park will be confident they can um, roll them again. As I say, if Waddell's out and Reese Newby can't play, even though Jeff Cobbledick can come back, they they still got the quality of Myers, Warburton, McCartan, and Ledger. Hasty, hasty. They'll they'll rise to the occasion, but I think they'll have a bit of impetus now. Shep Park, they just made the finals and. I think McCann, Hands, Rogash and Slingo can get them over the line to to make the big dance. Yeah, look, um, looking at Chet Park sides, like, um, you know, I, I think, well, looking at sort of halfway through last week and um, they were well down and I thought, I reckon they've probably picked a couple of people in th- who are playing third who probably could be skipping. Like, I think Di Hands would maybe be a better option at skip. She's she's probably a, a more experienced skipper and plays better as a skip than as a third. And um, my dad, Greg Williamson, started the year as a skip and then gave up his spot to Heath Matthews. And I'm not sure whether that was the right decision either. So um, I think Park could maybe be a little bit stronger with their, with their skips, but I don't think they'll make any changes now given that they won last week. So um, they'll have to go with with the combinations they've got and hope they can get the job done again. Um, I'm backing him in to win by less than 10 shots again, so it'll be another heart, heart stopper, um, but I'm tipping they can go all the way. Yeah, I reckon six shots will pull them up, but they'll get there. I, uh, I'd be backing in the minor premier here to bounce back, but uh, I agree it'll be a, a tight one. Let's get to the, uh, the main event, shall we call it, Brian? Division 1 finals last week, starting with the elimination final. Elimination final, uh, yes. Uh, Kai Abram. Yeah, um, Kai rallied their troops to an eight-shot victory over a favoured Tad Hilltop, winning 94-86. Winning um, on only one rink. This has been pretty uh, prevalent right through to the visions from um, last Saturday. Greg Schilling's rink was, a, was the one who got him over the line. 34-15 over Nick Boyd's rink who'd been going pretty well since he came back as skip. He had Olivia Cartwright third for him, Nick. So he had a fairly handy side. So, yeah, they're um, a surprise me. I think every tipster went for for Hilltop. Yeah, yep. And I, I declared to Tura Hilltop cast iron morals. So credit to Kai Abram um, causing the upset. And look, remarkable game bowls, really, when you think about it, that Kai Abram, that they've won one rink in three weeks – and they're into a preliminary final, Brian. You know, Greg Schilling's ring. And look, credit to the selection panel at Kybram too. And this is what I sort of... When things aren't working and they'd been swept by Tally Garupner and Shep Golf in the last two regular season games and basically fell into the finals, and they had a big final coming up and they had thought, we've got to change something here. And they made some gutsy 
selection calls by bringing in Phil Denham, who hadn't played a Division One game all year. They brought him in for a bit of experience. Don Cook and Danny O'Brien, who hadn't played many Division One games at all throughout the season, they primarily played Division Two, and they brought him in and they changed the combinations. And you know, Calvin Hubble missed out, and um, he'd played majority of the game in um, season in Division One. They left Rob Sini out. Really gutsy selection calls, and it paid off. They only won one rink, but it paid off. Yeah, it certainly did. I mean, you can't be hard to see him changing their side. I haven't seen their team for this week. Tyler, have you seen the side? Uh, no, but I did uh, hear a few words from some Kyabram players on Saturday night. Uh, see the bombers fly up was uh, there's a few of the lines. Uh, no one backed us in type stuff, but. Um, no, it's good to see um, a really close game. And, um, look, they'll, they'll probably have their work cut out against uh, Tally this week. But um, I think uh, they've certainly turned it around a little bit morale-wise, I'd imagine. So let's just touch on Tatura Hilltop before we move to the qualifying final. Um, obviously finished the season in fourth. Um, they fought tooth and nail to get into the final four, essentially in the last sort of um, round. They fought hard against Stanhope to get their final spot. I think everything was set for him to win that final, so it's probably disappointing to finish the season the way they did, but they made finals again. Brian, where, where do, you, do you see their season sort of, given the um, amount of departures they had compared, uh, before the season started? Yeah, well, I didn't think they'd make finals, so that was an, um, they, that's a, um, a tick. They ticked a box there. Uh, well, they lost. They lost eight players, and to make the finals, I mean, that's a... That's a pretty good effort. You lose half your side mm. and still make the finals. That shows you they've got a bit of depth at the club. So, so you'd who, think they'd improve next season. Yeah, look, um, so who do you think they've sort of found, Tyler, this year that, that stepped up um, and maybe wasn't playing last season that helped them get to the finals this year? Greg Toy was in Peter Lesur's rink and they they did reasonably well. Josh Lesur led for his father as well. So there's another one they probably found. Yeah, and, and I think it's... Um, you know, th- moving those com- combinations well around as well, uh, trying those those new things. Obviously, uh, I think um, David Townsend's probably played in every position again this year after sort of moving around a bit last year. And um, uh, from jo- Josh Cartwright stepped across and played third to David, his stepfather, and that that um, had mixed results, but it's certainly something worth persevering with. I think. Yeah, and I think Tim Nile and, and sort of Paul Newman were up and down between the ones and the twos last year, and. Um, sort of have probably cemented a few more um, Division One games this year, and I think in terms of Brendan and Nick Boyd as well stepping up um, on the across the rinks as well. So they, they've been able to sort of gel a bit more um, post Christmas, and hopefully mm. they can take some of that momentum. I, I think into the, next year. I think sort of the little area of concern is the fact that the Division One did a great job to make finals, but their Division Two were pretty ordinary. Um, and then they had, I think, might have been their Division Five forfeited most weeks. So their depth across the grades is probably where the where the concern is at the moment, and whether they can rejuvenate that to make themselves a bit more competitive across all grades. That'll be an area for Brendan Boyd and um, you know other leadership people at the at the combine to work on ahead of next year, Brian. Yeah, they they definitely need to um, recruit a few more players, but. Uh they got they got the young up and coming players. A few rumours going around. I'll pick up a few more um, juniors at their club from uh, um, other clubs in the area. So the 
play with kids of their similar age. Yep. So who knows? But um, I, I can see them um, improving next season. Yep. All right, moving ahead to the qualifying final in Division 1 last Saturday. Played at Shepparton Park, Brian. Yeah, Shep Golf um, won the big clash of the Titans by 15 over Telly. Two rinks each. But uh, Brad Orr was BOG, winning his rink by a huge 18 shots over Mark Ryan, who finished third in the Australian Open one year. A, a fine player, but this guy, he just he just lifts for the big occasion. The, he's called the big show, or we christened him the big show. Um, he's paved the way to um, another premiership um, favourites. Uh, 98-83 was the overall. And I'll, I'll go as far as saying I, I watched the um, I've watched a couple of um, replays of the Premier League in Melbourne and I've watched a couple live. I watched Sunday's live match. And I believe Orr is um, I reckon he's the best bowler in Victoria at the moment. It's a big call and look, um, we spoke a little bit before we came on air and obviously the passing of the, the legend, the icon Shane Warne on Friday before this game and I sort of, um, the line that I use is, he's probably our Shane Warne in GV Bowls in, in the fact that, like, I got there after about 60-odd ends and you sort of gravitate to watch his rink and see what he's doing and, you know, the exhibition he put on against Mark Ryan, who, as you said, is, you know, he's one of Vic Open singles, he's been a semi-finalist in the Australian Open, he's as top drawer as they get around Victoria and, and the Golden Valley as well, um, but the shots that all was able to play he's just an entertainment machine and that and that's what that's what sk warn was in cricket you know he um not that you know like uh warning inspired a generation of people who want to be leg spin bowlers and brad or obviously in the golden valley doesn't have that sort of um aura i guess but in terms of his match winning ability and um just the ability to play all the shots and and win a game basically off his own bat that's sort of what i liken him to well, he led him to the um, led him to the champion club of Victoria. Yeah, the state pennant. Yeah, and it was interesting at the regional side championships held at East Shepparton. I had two Metro players come up to me, I know, and they said we believe uh, Shep Golf's got the best bowler playing for him in Victoria, and that's yep. Brad Orr. Yep. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you what, he on Saturday he confirmed that, in my opinion. Yeah, um, look, let's sort of digest the overall result between tally and golf. I got there at, after about 65 ends on Saturday and golf was 20 shots up and, and uh, they were only up on one rink tally, which was David Dawes against Connor Truen, and I thought, geez, if they go ahead and win this by 30 going away, it's going to be a massive psychological blow for tally. Where do we sit on it now that it was only 15 shots, Brian? And with two ends to go, there was only eight in it overall. So did the overall margin flatter golf a little bit? And does Tally take a lot out of it if they earn another crack at him in two weeks' time? Or do you still think um, golf's got the wood on them? Yeah, and well, I, psychologically? Think, I think it was three ends to go and they were only eight down. Yes. Um, no, I, I, I really – I can't see golf um, – Losing their mantle, it depends on the rink draws. That's got a lot to do with it. I hope for Rhino's sake that he doesn't draw Ori again. I'd like to see all play um, crapper. Yeah, I think that's the only chance Telly's got to beat them if those two's clash. Because I think crapper can do a Lenny Keen 
and smash a few heads and upset their momentum. That's the way I see it. You've got to play aggression with aggression. Yeah. And I'd like to mention the three Truans on Saturday. I reckon they were their second, third and fourth best bowlers. Paul Macker and... Paul Macker and Connor all played exceptionally well. Well, look, um, Connor Truon's ring went down to David Dawes, but in the last five or six ends, Connor probably played about three or four magnificent draw shots to either cut the head back or he just drew it dead cold. Um, and when Tally was making their one last final kick, and you could hear it across the green, and we were sitting together watching it, weren't we, Brian? It was unreal. It, it was loud, but credit to him and we spoke about that last week he does have that ability to play those shots and he can be he's the x factor for Shep Golf and and he proved it on Saturday even though his rink went down and and that really that doesn't matter in in finals but if you're affecting the overall result and um some someone I spoke to said that he could possibly could have saved him 50, 20 shots I don't doubt that and, no, he was he was tremendous. And and look, um, Matt Truon for me is probably the best leader in the in the GV at the moment, and he set Brad Orr up all year, and they haven't lost a rink. Um, for me, uh, looking at sort of tallies, and you sort of don't like to put them in bottom and top four, but their bottom four. Um, should be better than golf's on paper for mine. And on Saturday, golf's bottom four outplayed Tally's bottom four, and I think that's where it was. The crapper Stokes draw looked good for Tally on paper, but um, Jeff Cobbledick and Paul Truon were outstanding across the day, and particularly particularly in the first half from all reports, and that yep. set Stokes' ring. Was. He yeah. was the first four or five ends, he he was fantastic for golf. And and that set Stokes' rink up, and they were able to get the job done against Liam Crapper, who had, hasn't lost many games all year, Tyler. Yeah, oh, I, I think it's almost a, a net net neutral out of this game. Obviously, golf got what it wanted to do, wanted, what it wanted out of it. They got the week off. They got the win. They, they, you know, in the end, it looks a comfortable margin, and they knew they had to lift late, and they were able to do so. And it was sort of... Um, you know, you look at Tally and they take two rinks and, and they're in the contest right to the end again, but it's 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 probably enough of that now. Like, we've, yeah. we've had Tally pushing golf right to the end mm. and just not being able to do it five matches in a row now, probably six. Mm. Um, you know, they've, they've got to find that killer blow. They've got to find that 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 ability to, to get over the line and, and whether it's um, a rink winning by... By a heap, I don't think so on, on grand final day. I, I think it's, you know, uh, winning. They've got to win three rinks, really. So what can Kai do to land the upset of upsets? Like this would be Buster Douglas beating Mike Tyson if uh, if Kai was to land this upset. I think Brian can they do it? No, I don't think they can. I think Tally's got too much talent. The cream will come to the top, but. Uh, Kai, Kai uh, won't. I think I think Tally will beat him by twenty four shots. Six and six shots a ring, basically. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I'm loath to write the bombers off again uh, after last <laughs> week, especially um, in totality. Yep. But uh, I would say that Kai Abram will play a lot of consistent bowls on Saturday, and Tally Garupna will play a lot of conversion bowls mm. um, with their, with their um, bottom eight or their top eight, I suppose. Last one on tally before we f- wrap up. Um, does 
tally pull the trigger combination wise um, potentially maybe with maybe Matt Robertson skipping one of the rinks Brian well I definitely have Matt Robertson skipping a rink yep um, oh, I think he's he's a winner he, he's never overawed. He can play the big shots. And he's the one that could turn around 15 shots on Shep Golf if he has his best day. And for I think, sure, and I think, sure. you've, I think you've got to give yourself every chance. Look, um, Mark Ryan's been a, a magnificent champion of Golden Valley Bowls, but just watching his rink on Saturday and Scotty Adams has had an outstanding year and he's made the group side as a leader and he's obviously set Rhino up more weeks than not. But he, um, McAtruan, out-bowled Scotty Adams, which then put pressure on Brian Hogg and Kyle Pugh, and they were chasing the head all day. They were behind, and and then you've got all mopping up and playing all the conversion shots, and that rink was just all at sea. Whereas if I think you maybe put Robbo in there as a skipper or a third, just shores it up slightly, but then you're robbing Peter to pay Paul because I think since Robbo's gone over to Dorsey's rink as a third, it's shored that rink up. So it certainly is, it's yeah. probably just where they're maybe lacking a third. I think Brett, Brett Rice the one that could could step up to third. I'm not sure where, maybe maybe to Rhino, but I just think it's it's almost um, it's almost you either you either do it this week mm-hmm. um, or you don't do it at all. Yes, oh, for sure. You you've got to. Can they afford to experiment this week? I think they probably nearly could. I I, I my uh, move would be. Mark Ryan to play third, Matty Robertson to skip that brink. And Kyle Pugh no, third. No, I'd, I'd move Brian Hogg over. I think Brian Hogg's, in my, what I've seen, he's a better third than Kyle Pugh. Okay, interesting. I, I, think, I, I think he's more consistent. Yep. And uh, that, that'd that be my move. I, th- I think they'll go in unchanged, but it's certainly food for thought, um, you know, if they are wanting to overturn the result. And, look, before we conclude, I just want to give um, – Shep Parks St. Patrick's Day Charity Bowls Tournament run by the one and only Ronnie Holland on Thursday the 17th of March. Mixed forwards, three games of eight ends, single entries accepted, bowls uniform or something green, prize for the best dressed four, 9.30am for a 10 o'clock start. Get there half an hour early to buy plenty of raffle tickets. Entry fee $10 per person includes... Um, a lunch and afternoon tea, a barbecue lunch, spinning wheel, spot prizes, raffles, novelty prizes. Everyone goes home with a prize. And and Ronnie Holland does a magnificent job with his um, committee of organising that tournament, so it's certainly well worth supporting. Yeah, phone Ronnie on 0419 0419-213-508, 0419-213-508, or Wes Gibbs on 58232192. And in memoration, to commemorate or in memoration of Wally Sinclair, uh, Wally's estate's put in um, a thousand bucks for a ladies' tournament on uh, Tuesday, the 12th of April, ladies' triples. And then preceding that, the men's triples on Thursday, the 7th of April. Four games at 10 ends, two bowl triples, 10 a.m. start, lunch and afternoon tea provided. Entry is $75 per team. Contact Wes Gibbs or Bev Kale for thanks, both tournaments. Thanks, Brian, and uh, thanks, Ash, for joining us for another week of 
after the Jack, our uh, second to last usual uh, episode, uh, or, or midweek episode, I, I suppose you call it. Um, and uh, thank you, listeners. We'll uh, speak to you again next week. That was After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production.